Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. You know, I'm always so excited, Rachel, because the new year brings new promise, new hope, and I know a lot of people uh, may say, hey, it's just another day on the calendar, but no, it isn't. It's another year to say, okay, what went right last year? What went terribly wrong? And how can I try to learn from those things, both good and bad? And one thing that I know you taught me years ago that you do and your church does, and now I am doing it, You always choose one word to focus on. You know, I've had years in my past where I was exactly what you were just describing. Oh, you know, sort of bah humbug. (laughs) It's just another, you know, so so I tore off a calendar page. That doesn't make the, you know, New Year any different than last week. But if you choose to look at it as a fresh start, it becomes a fresh start. Yes. Um, So, you know, why not take, you know, why not take the opportunity to have a fresh start? I love fresh starts. Um, But yeah, so I choose a a word each year. And um, so for this past year, over 2017, my one word has been immerse. Um, I-M-M-E-R-S-E, like, like, you know, you might immerse yourself under water um, kind of a thing. When I chose this word, I had sort of that mental picture of uh, of a baptism, you know, going down under the water and coming up. Uh, talk about a fresh start, right? As I've gone through this year, the, the, the word immerse has really been for me more of a call to um, immerse myself in the given moment and um, to pay full attention to that which is worth paying full attention to. Mm. You know, I have uh, on my Facebook page, I, I have a, a thing on my homepage that just says, back away from the screen and pay attention to the people and the things that are happening around you. Oh, that is a really great word. And how has that helped you this year? Here's kind of my, uh, my general default mode of operation. I go from thing to thing uh, and I you most of them turn out pretty well, right? Uh, usually most things in my life I pull off pretty well. It works out okay in the end, but I often have this feeling that if I had been if I'd have taken a little more time on the front end to prepare for that, that would have gone better. Or I have this feeling on the back end of um, you know, if I hadn't been quite so distracted or focused on the next thing or juggling so many things, that would have gone better. Like, um, like preparing ahead of time to go into a task or into an event. You know, we just came through the holidays and there have been holidays past where I went through all the motions and I was there and there were moments in it that I enjoyed, but I was also largely thinking about what is next or what needs to be done or what hadn't been done yet. And I didn't immerse myself in mm. the moment, you know, and, and like Christmas Day, it's it's less than 24 hours because we have to sleep seven or eight of them, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, and to wake up the day after Christmas and look back and go, 
ah, I don't get to relive that. I wish I could. I, you know, I wish I could have, you know, focused a little more here. I wish I'd have just sat down and had a conversation there. And um, so that's kind of what it's, it's taught me. And uh, my verse for the year with Immerse became Philippians 4.8, which is whatever is true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just or pure, whatever's lovely or commendable, whatever has excellence or is praiseworthy, think about these things. I love that focus. And I think that's what really choosing one word is all about. When we choose one word, it is disciplining ourselves to really focus on the thing that God is Putting before us, and you take choosing your word very seriously. So tell tell me how how you go about doing that, and how you focus on it. I do take the word choosing the word seriously. I don't just do it, you know, with ten minutes of thought on on a afternoon. It's a significant decision, you know, and I also want to be open to the idea that God might have a word or a focus for me. And so I want to leave room for me to hear him in that decision making process. That doesn't mean that there aren't years that I don't think that there's, you know, I don't really have any sense that there's something God's pointing me to and I just pick my own word. Um, But other years I do feel like a word came out of nowhere to me and that's supposed to be my word. So I just, you know, I pray about it. I think about it a lot for days and days and days. I start keeping a running list of possible words and then I try them on for size. Like I'll, I'll go through a day or two with the notion that, you know, immerse is my one word. And I'll just see how does it affect my day? How does it affect my decision making? How do I how do I feel with that being my focus? And so from there, it usually takes me a few weeks. Um, I'll pick a word for the year. You know that my word this last year was fire. And, and you were with me when that word rose to the top <laughs> for me. Because I had been seeing it show up in the scriptures that I had been reading. I'd seen it show up in different conversations that I had. And in my quiet time, God was just giving me this. And, you know, it's funny because for a a few years, God had been saying, okay, um, clear out the clutter in your life. And so he told me one year was undivided and another year was disciplined. And I did those things. I got my life a little less divided. And the next year, I got my life a little more disciplined. And then last year, 2017, during this last year, I felt like fire was my word. And I was like, okay, God, what what does that mean? I, I mean... It's a little bit scary, I'm not going to lie. You know, it's like I've been with my house on fire before, literally in the kitchen, and so I I was a little concerned about what that could mean, but what I hoped it meant is, Lord, are you going to ignite a fire inside me again? Are you going to, you know, let me feel that fresh passion that I once had, you know, as a new Christian? When you first come to Christ, you can't do enough. You know, you you want to tell the world. I mean, all of a sudden, you're so bubbly and you can't stop yourself. You, you're on fire because you realize 
how incredible this brand new life is that you've been given. And so you want to tell everyone. And then as the years go by, it's kind of like marriage. It's kind of like having a child. It's kind of like having a new job. All things kind of get into a routine. And with the Christian life, it's the same thing. We get into a routine and all of a sudden you're like, ooh, I, I, I miss that fire. I miss that in my belly, I got to do this uh, or I'm going to explode kind of thing. And so that's what I was hoping for. That's what I really was going, okay, God, let's do it. I'm ready. You know, some years I pick a word with a hope just like that. I have something in mind, and sometimes it plays out exactly what I had in mind, and sometimes it morphs and becomes something entirely different, but equally um, as valuable and equally um, a learning experience. I do remember being with you when you picked fire, and... Sometimes that does happen. You know, I've been doing this for like a decade. Some years it does. A word just seems to be everywhere you turn and you just feel like this is God saying, you know, big neon arrows. This is your word. There's, um, mm-hmm. And often when he does that, um, we're not necessarily right about what that word is going to be or how it's going to play out, you know, because we're, mm-hmm. we're not so great at reading God's mind. <laughs> uh, at least I'm not. I'm, Actually, I'm horrible at it. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, you know, in other years, we don't get those, you know, neon uh, flashing lights. Um, but that doesn't mean the years I've not had those neon lights pick this word, Rachel, um, that those some have been some of my richest years. So it's not that if you don't get the neon lights, you're not going to have a great God-filled year. You will. Um, Because the focus in and of itself changes your experience of that year. Here's the thing, Lou. If you could look back over your year, uh, look back over, you know, this past year, or even over the past five years with a bird's eye view you would see that your life has essentially been fashioned from what you've paid attention to and what you haven't. Mm. You would see that of the many sights and sounds and events and thoughts and feelings and people that you could have focused on, you selected a relative few of them, which became what we think of as reality or our life. And you would probably also be struck by the fact that if you'd have paid attention to those other things over there, your reality today or your life today would look very different. I'll tell you what happened with my word. I was in the fire. I wasn't just, you know, having my uh, my spiritual life renewed by this new passionate fire. No, God was preparing me to get ready to go through the hardest time in my life. And that was when my husband was just absolutely flat on his back and died while I was holding his hand. Now he came back, but it took him a very long time to get back to himself. And God knew that I needed to be ready, and and in the years prior, by being undivided and allowing God to pare away the things that didn't need to be there, 
And then by being disciplined, by saying, okay, do the things that are the most important and understand what they are, it was preparing me for this season of walking through fire. Because I can honestly say, as I sat by his side for 30 days in the hospital without leaving, I never felt anxious. I never felt worried. I didn't concern myself with any of the cares of life uh, outside of that room. I was able to totally focus on the fire that was all around me. I was able to focus on my husband's care. I was able to focus on the medicine that he was taking, the therapy that he was going to need. I was able to 100% focus on the fire that I was in, and I don't think I would have been that clear-minded and focused had I not had that word. Yeah, you walked through a situation, and and life and death situations are like that. They do have a way of making everything else just sort of drop off into the shadows of the of our peripheral vision, right? Like we just can't even see those things right now. We can't focus on those, you know. And that's why uh, events like that become so life changing for us because they allow us to see with clarity what is most important um, because at any any given moment in time basically the world has too much going on for us to even uh, process it all and and pay attention to it all whether it's you know all the noise on the street traffic um, your to-do list people and ideas at the office um, the feelings that are, you know, attached to the relationships that you're in, your phone buzzing nonstop in your hand, all of these things are constant stimuli that are kind of calling for our attention. And our brain cannot truly pay attention to all of that at once. And so our brain selects, you know, we select consciously or else our brain does it for us if we're not being conscious about it. Um, or else life does it for us in a situation like that when a loved one is in the hospital. Um, but a, a small chunk of that becomes um, what we focus on, and, and that creates our, our reality. So um, it's just interesting that um, what we focus on, who we focus on, and what we focus on has what is what's gotten us to where we are right here in this moment, our, you know? It's, mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. way that you live today uh, with your husband, the way you prioritize your life, the um, activities and events that you do, the way you approached the holidays this past year, were all different this year because you went through that experience of almost losing him and your focus got super distilled and your clarity became, um, you know, just right at the forefront of this person here and the relationships in my family are paramount. And it's so easy to lose Mm -hmm. track of that in our our busy task-filled days. Oh, so true. But then this is what God did afterwards you know once my husband was on the mend and we saw that there was a light at the end of the tunnel and he was he was able to walk and talk again because he lost the ability to do both of those things once he was on the mend not only did that event change me but it changed him 
And he realized that it was vital that we stay in ministry, that we stay uh, in the thick of God's calling on our life. And so he became an even bigger cheerleader saying, okay, let's see what God has in store. And man, almost immediately from him uttering those words, God opened up doors that really helped me catch on fire again with the passion that I once had, but it was just in a different way. You know, God God is so good about giving us the desires of our heart when we focus on Him first. And so through that whole two-month period, we were focused on one another and on God, and it was just the triangle, man. We were, we were just sold out on that. And, and then God says, okay, I'm going to show you that now uh, this, this fire that I want you to experience is going to be so bright, and it's going to shine not just in your ministry here, but it's going to go global. And you're going to see things that you've never experienced before. And, and I was like, wow, Lord, I had no way of knowing what you were up to. But I am so grateful that I don't have to figure it out. You, you just tell me to stay focused, stay in your word, stay close to you, and do the next thing. Do the things that I'm calling you to do, and then watch what he does. I almost got totally quiet during that two-month period because I just felt like I'm, I'm tapped out. I'm only focused on my husband right now, so I just don't have anything to give anyone else. I don't have, I don't even have words to pray right now. And I, and I just kept feeling God almost like when I'd lay my head on the pillow, like it's okay uh, we're good. You know, you, you don't have to do a checklist where, you know, I did my 15 minute devotion today and I prayed for yeah half an hour. And yeah, no, it wasn't about that. It was about him absolutely letting me know that this was going to happen. And so he prepared me in advance so that when I came out of it on the other side, I mean, two thirds of the year gone, and I was like, oh, oh. And then it was like, Rachel, I couldn't, I couldn't contain the overwhelming blessing feeling that I had. Like, oh, my word. God, I just have, I have this newfound faith. And it sounds so crazy even saying that out loud. But there was something so sweet about not feeling like I had to do the Christian things. You know, I didn't have, for two months, I was like, (laughs) I didn't feel obligated to do everything that maybe people in my church thought I should do or people in my ministry thought I should do or even people in my family thought I should do. I did what God had on my list. And in that fire moment, I have to think, wow, I wasn't physically in a fiery furnace, but I have to wonder if the guys that walked out of that fiery furnace didn't feel like, whoo, 
<laughs> that, that was, was intense, hot. man. And now I'm yeah. coming out on the other side. Can you imagine how they felt when they walked out of that fiery furnace? They felt like God's got this. I watched him do it. And now I know there's nothing, nothing that he can't handle. And that's the passion. That's the fire. That was my one word that came to life this year. That's awesome. So you were like Shadrach and Meshach, yeah, right? Yeah. And Abednego. You walked through walked through that fire and out the other side. And yeah. So then when some sort of smaller crisis happens, you're like, pshaw, God so got this. This is easy peasy. Exactly. I just almost like flip it off my shoulder. You know, I'm like, eh, you, you can't uh-huh. get me. You can't touch this because God's got me. You can't. <laughs> All right. So let's focus right now. And Rachel, tell our gals that are sitting here with us why it's important to get their one word and how they go about doing that. Several reasons you want to do this or something like this. Um, First of all, where the quality of your life is concerned, focus isn't everything, but it's really a great deal. Um, your, your attention and what you focused it on has created the experiences that you have. It creates the way that you feel on any given day or moment. Um, so, so, so yeah, you know, where you're going to pay your attention for the year ahead is going to determine the kind of experiences you have and the way that you're going to feel and walk through those experiences. Number two, change is possible. And I know we all have things that we want to change about ourselves or our habits or our lives. And, and, you know, January and New Year's time, we all have this tendency to start thinking through that list of things we wish could be different. Mm. Here's the deal. Mm. Change is possible, but focus is required. So your one word is going to help shape your year ahead. It's going to shape how you experience that year ahead. It's going to shape how you respond, whether in faith, with trust, or whether with your you know, hair on fire, um, how you walk through the events and particularly the crises of the coming year. And there will be some crises because there always is. Um, but those are the reasons why you want to, um, to, to pick a, a word that helps you sort of say, this is how I want to be in the year ahead. Um, and, and the way you do that is exactly as we've said. You know, start asking God to show you um, if there's a word He has for you, a focus He has for you. Start praying about it. Start thinking about it. Make a list of possible words. Look those up in the dictionary. See what their meanings are and wait for one to rise to the surface. And then choose it and commit to it for an entire year. Keep it in front of you because you'll forget it along about month two or three or four. Um, I often have it engraved on a bracelet that I wear or on um, like a rock or something that sits on my desk. Sometimes I make it my some part of my password um, for things that I log into on a daily basis. So keep your word in front of you and keep praying for it because... Um, Attention, uh, you know, where we fix our eyes is super important. And as Hebrews 12, 2 says, fix your eyes on Jesus. He is the creator or the author and the perfecter or the finisher of our faith. So use your one word to help fix your eyes on Jesus and on the direction you want to go this year. Okay, so you've heard it from the gal who actually wrote the book about it. And you can get that book at your favorite bookstore, my one word 
Rachel Olson, and you, I, I just encourage you to do this thing, and she will walk you through the process through the book. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time. Encouragement Cafe would like to send you our coloring book devotional for a gift of any amount. Find out how to get your copy at encouragementcafe.com.